Hi everyone, welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. After 34 years, sports editor Jay Posner is retiring. Jay started the job in 1989 as a reporter. Since then, he's covered all things San Diego sports related. In this interview, Jay talks about his career highlights, his 15 minutes of fame after appearing in a viral video, the best and worst reader mail he's ever received, and more. Thanks for listening. Well, Jay, thank you very much for joining me. You have been retired for two days, although it seems like your retirement hasn't begun yet in a couple of ways. How are you feeling? I feel good, Francie. It's uh it's certainly different. Um, I was on vacation for two weeks before my last week uh, of, of work. And so I, I feel like that was a little bit of a of a trial run. But that was also a case where I always knew I was coming back. And and uh, I, I knew that there were, if something happened or I thought of something, I could add it to our story budget or things like that. And, <laughs> and now something happens and I, I just either forget about it or... I send a text to someone or something like that, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's nice. No, uh, no, no, no meetings uh, to start the day. Uh, so I, I I have to be. I guess I have to be self come up with my own self motivating deadline. Uh, <laughs> yeah. for, for getting going in the morning, which the first couple of days has been to get up and watch the World Cup. So uh, that's that that's worked out pretty well, and don't have to worry about anything, anything else. It's uh, it's nice. I think I think I can get used to this. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a bad job at all. Um, how did you know it was time to retire? Uh, there were a couple of couple of things. Um, one of I, I started feeling like I was I was working I was working so much, and and I, I don't mean to you know like talk about how boy I sure worked hard, but because we all work hard and everybody's doing a lot and the whole less with more thing, but. I felt like I was I was stressed out more than I wanted to be. Uh, I didn't like what it was doing to my personality in a way. Felt like I was on edge a lot more, uh, and just sort of working a lot of days and not not taking a, not really taking much time off, and sort of was piling up on top of me. And I I never thought that I would leave at this point, but it just seemed like the right time. And I the other thing that I told people is there were some instances that came up over the over the few months before my decision where something would happen and my initial response was not okay what are we what are we going to do about this which is what it should have been it was more sometimes it was you know I don't really care about this uh and it didn't mean that then I didn't react and do something but I, I just thought that my attitude wasn't quite where it shouldn't been and I and I wasn't sure how to get around it and um it just and it just felt like I I needed like sort of my time was up I guess is a good way to to put it and it was it was time to step away and and sort of re-energize and and spend be able to just relax a little bit and you know I'm 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 very very fortunate that I, I mean, was in a position to be able to do this uh, but I really you know I, I loved working at the paper for all the years I did and. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot of it, but there's also a lot of it that I'm, I'm pretty sure I won't miss it uh, as well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're taking care of yourself and, you know, st stepping back. Um, but you have had such a, a dream job and a dream career filled with many highlights. 
You know, when you think back over the 6,000 stories that you've written, the thousands more that you've edited, what are some highlights? Um, you know, I, I had highlights even before I got the Union Tribune I, when I was on the Charger beat for a suburban paper. And I, I got to cover the Chargers alongside Jerry McGee, who some listeners might not remember, but he was a legendary AFL and NFL football writer dating back to when the Chargers first got here. Uh, and I was 22 years old when I started working in, in the same room as Jerry. And, and it just I was just like in awe of this of him. But I learned a lot from him and, and other people who were around then, including Nick Canepa, who, of course, is, um, is still around writing. Um, there were just so many, so many games that I got to cover and so many people. So it's sort of sort of hard to pick out. I, re I remember one, uh, I, I remember a lot of Charger games. I mean, I was lucky enough to, I, I covered the end of Dan Fouts' career. I covered uh, pretty much all of LaDainian Tomlinson's career with the Chargers. I covered a, a good chunk of uh, Philip Rivers' career here. I covered some Junior Seau. I mean, you, you know, these NFL legends that I got to cover and, and talk with and get to know. Uh, same thing with the Padres and, and someone like Tony Gwynn. Uh, we actually, I found myself a lot of times talking more basketball than baseball with Tony. He was such a big NBA fan. Uh, and, and sometimes it was good just where I think he appreciated not just talking baseball all the time and talking about something different. Uh, people like Jerry Coleman that I was able to meet and, and get to know, uh, Dick Enberg, uh, Vince Scully, who I had been, you know, my, one of my heroes as a kid, I, I, didn't, I won't say I got to know him. I only interviewed him a couple times, but being able to do that, uh, I got to interview John Wooden uh, in my first year with the paper. I think it was like the second month of, that I was at the Tribune in 1989, I got to interview John Wooden and I went to UCLA. So, uh, you know, that was just like speaking to the greatest person ever, it felt like uh, at the time. And and, you know, all through the years with the Chargers and the Padres, and I covered so many um, NCAA football, basketball games, a, a lot of horse races, which I really, I really love. And, and honestly, the Padres uh, in October this year was, was one of the highlights. Uh, I had never been in charge of covering playoff team. The Chargers never made, I covered the Chargers as a writer when they were in the playoffs and I covered them as an assistant sports editor one year. And of course it always ended in disappointment, uh, usually in some sort of crushing, heartbreaking fashion. Um, but the Padres had never made the playoffs when I was sports editor. The Chargers had never made the playoffs when I was sports editor and obviously uh, then left town. And being able to, to be around the around Capitol Park for the, the series with the Dodgers and even with the Phillies, they won game with one against the Phillies. Uh, I'll never forget the two nights against the Dodgers, the, the Friday and Saturday, winning those uh, winning those games and the rain on Saturday night and just the fans and the way the way people were into it. And I was and I was just thinking, man, this would be a pretty cool way to go out with the Padres going to the World Series uh, and, and being in charge of the coverage of that and, and bringing that story to, to all of our readers. And, and, and uh, it didn't quite work out, but I, I'm I'm happy I was able to do it, happy that they were able to at least make a little bit of a of a run and and we were able to do some I, I thought we were able to do some really good work uh, during that time. So it ended a couple of weeks too too soon, but uh, that that's certainly something that I'll 
I'll always remember and cherish. Do you think that the Padres ever will make it to the World Series? Yeah, I, 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 I would never want to rule anything out. Um, so yeah, I do think they're on the right path, and I, I think the baseball playoffs, in a way, are. I, I, it, it's a little harsh to say that it's a crapshoot, but there really is a lot of luck involved. Um, you know, when the playoffs started this year, most people thought the Padres would go out in either the first round or the second round. Most people thought the same of the Phillies, and it ended up being where one of those teams, you know, when they played each other, one of those teams was going to have to go to the series. So, uh, unfortunately, it turned out to be Philadelphia. But I, I think if the Padres seem to be on the right track, and I think if they stay stay on that path, then, uh, you know, that sooner or later they'll, they'll break through and, and get to the World Series. Now, whether they'll win one or not, I don't know, but it will, it would certainly be incredible for them just to get there, but they've been there a couple times for them to actually win one. I, it's sometimes it's hard to even imagine what the, what the city would be like, what the reaction would be like if it happened. I, I, I do hope I'm around to see it and, uh, hopefully we won't have to wait, uh, that much longer. Mm, agree. Um, well, Jay, you've said that you, you know, despite all the stories you've written, you're probably most famous for three sentences you wrote in 1998. Will you tell me that story? Yeah, I uh, I was covering the Chargers then, and it was the second time around. I had covered them for the suburban paper in Escondido, as I mentioned, in the 80s. And then after I joined the Tribune, I really didn't do much on the Chargers at all until 1997. And I was asked to, to join the beat. And uh and cover the team alongside uh, Jim Trotter at the time. And the, the Chargers were bad in 97. They lost their last eight games, I believe. And it meant that they had a top draft pick the following year. And they they drafted Ryan Leaf, and, and he was really going to be, uh, you know, he was going to be the savior of the franchise. I mean, people who were around that will remember. I mean, it, it, I don't think we can say enough about what how high the expectations were that and he got off to a really good start uh the chargers won their first two games that year and he played okay not great but good enough uh and then the third game they went to kansas city just a miserable day there it rained all day the field was wet the chargers were bad it least was bad um i'll always remember he was one for 15 for four yards with five turnovers it, it sticks in my head those numbers Completed his first pass of the game, never completed another one. And after the game, he he got into it a little bit with a cameraman in front of his locker. Uh, guy probably was maybe a little bit too close to him. And uh, instead of just saying, "Hey, you know, excuse me, I'm I'm standing here" or something like that, he kind of kind of lit into the guy. And it turned out the the cameraman was working for Chargers, the Chargers, just like Leaf was. He was he was on there. He was setting up for their TV show that they used to have. Um, and I, I wrote a who's hot and who's not uh, column, if you will. It's not really a column. It was more just a, we called it a rail. And just a couple highlights of the game, a, a positive and negative. And under who's not, I, I put that it was Ryan, that Ryan Leaf. And I, I don't remember the exact sentences, but it was sort of, you know, what can you say after a performance like that? Uh, but you know, as bad as as bad as Leaf was, the the worst thing to me about the day was that he there was really no excuse for for yelling at this cameraman, and that was it. It was three sentences, um, on probably on page you know six of the sports section or something like that. Um, and the next day, we as we always did, we went to the Charger locker room over in Murphy Canyon uh, at their facility there, 
And uh, we always talk to players and we talk to the court, obviously the quarterback and um, uh, Leaf talked about his game. And, and when he was done, I was part of the group and he asked if I had a minute to chat. And I said, sure. I didn't know what he wanted, but you're always willing to, to listen. If somebody wants to you know, talk to you, there's no reason not to. And he started like sort of lecturing me on how I was out of line for, for saying what happened in the, in the locker room and that that's sort of a sanctuary. And, and I said, I tried to respond and he said, I'll let you respond in a minute. And he finished. And, and I said, you know, let me tell you my side now. And I started to tell him that when the press is, when the media is in the locker room, it's sort of open, you know, anything that happens in front of us, we can, we can write about it. And then he just, that's when he jumped up, uh, yelled at me, was led away by, uh, by Junior Seau and, and Bill Johnston, who was their uh, PR guy at the time. They kind of led him away and he uttered an obscenity as he, as he left. And, and, and the, the, Interesting. The, the thing that made it a big deal was that somebody, one of the other reporters, the TV reporters, could tell that Ryan was starting to get hot. And he told his cameraman to, to turn on his camera. And he was, he was the one guy who turned on his camera. And so he caught the, that part on film that's, that's now blurry vision on YouTube because cameras back then aren't quite what they are now. And um, I always said if it wasn't for the, for the video, there would have just been a small story about you know, uh, jerk quarterback yells at jerk reporter and everybody would have moved on with it. But it went, that, that was kind of, I don't think we knew what viral videos were then, but that was a, an early viral video. It became a big deal. Um, and and his career sort of went downhill from there. And it, I, I, I don't, it, it wasn't all because of the day in Kansas City. It wasn't all because of the video, but but I think it had a lot to do with it. He he has admitted since then that you know he was immature and he didn't really know how to react to it, and and he sort of spiraled spiraled down from there. And I, I think I, I I told him one other time when we talked that if he had come out the next Sunday and thrown four inter, four four touchdown passes and instead of four interceptions. Um, everything would have been forgotten. Fans wouldn't have cared. Fans would have been happy. The Chargers would have won. You know, the great savior would have returned and all that stuff, but it it didn't happen. It went bad for him. And it, it like I said, it just sort of spiraled from there. And and I just have always, it's it's always followed both of us around. And and um, I, I still have people that say, wow, that was you in the Ryan Leaf video. It's like, yeah, that was, you know, that was, that was me. And I've, I've told the story many times. I told it again the other day at a farewell party that I went to uh, for one of our other colleagues that somebody hadn't heard it. Uh, I, you know, everybody, I guess, has to be has to be famous for something. And and it turned out that for for now, anyway, that's my uh, that's my my 15 seconds of fame that have, <laughs> in some ways have lasted 24 years. I love it. Well, you're leaving behind, you know, a much richer legacy, of course. But, you know, that's something I don't know if non-journalists know that we we get chewed out fairly often. We get a lot of hate mail. We get, mm -hmm. you know, only a few nice letters. But what is the worst hate mail you've ever gotten? And, and what's the nicest letter you've ever gotten? You know, I, I probably put the hate mail, probably put the hate mail behind me. And I didn't really get any over the leaf thing. I mean, I think there were people who were really upset. I would say that the probably the worst that I took was uh, after the Chargers left, and and when we continued to print cover the Chargers, print stories about the Chargers, uh, I got a lot of lot of angry reaction to that, um, a lot of angry reaction on in, in email, on Twitter, phone calls, 
uh, everything. So I think that was probably the worst. Um, highlight really, I, I, I couldn't, I mean, one highlight was, and I'm, I'm sitting in my home office here and I'm looking at it because my wife was nice enough to frame it for me. Um, when it happened um, in 1999 was when I, I, I interviewed Ben Scully and wrote a sort of a general story about him. And it was his 50th, his 50th season working with the Dodgers. And um, he sent me a handwritten note the next day. Um, I mean, the story appeared on July 1 of 1999, and the, the letter is dated July 2 of 1999. And it was just a two-paragraph note uh, thanking me. But I, I had never and never again had a had anyone write me uh, a handwritten thank you note like that. And for, for Vin Scully to do it was uh, was remarkable. And, and the other highlight, uh, honestly, was was after I announced my retirement, uh, which was in August, um, and and through the last four months since that's since that's come about, and now that it's happened, is uh, I've gotten an awful lot of really nice uh, tweets from people you know that I really don't know other than via Twitter, and and I've heard from a lot of people outside uh, outside the business. Um, you know, sorry, congratulating me and, and saying nice things about me. And same thing after the, the farewell column that I wrote last week. And the, the best, the, the most, I won't say it's the best one, but the, the most interesting one to me was that I heard after, after the retirement announcement, I got a tweet from a guy who in 19, probably 69, 70, 71, he, I, I was growing up in the San Fernando Valley at the time, and I was like seven, eight, nine years old. And this this guy lived next to me. His parents and my parents were good friends. We were we were neighbors, and I, I you know, I knew I knew their son a little bit. He was just a little bit older than me, and and he sent me a note, um, you know, fifty years later, uh, saying that you know he had followed he had followed my career a little bit, and and, and was really you know pleased that I was going out and that, on my terms and all that kind of stuff. So that. That was pretty cool. I mean, I literally had not heard from him since we moved away from there in December of 1971, and he uh, and, and he sent me this note. So that was uh, uh, that was pretty cool. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so heartfelt. Well, well, Jay, we've been talking about sports. Of course, you've had a long sports career, but you also uh, covered A and E. You were the A and E editor for a few years there, and I think that part of your career is a little lesser known. Why did you make that detour, and, and what did you cover during that time? Um, the detour was was made. Um, there was a change in management at the paper, um, and the new part of the new management wanted to bring in uh, sort of a big what what they thought was sort of a big shot executive sports editor that was going to have big ideas and and take the sports section in all sorts of directions that that somebody didn't think I was capable of, of doing and and I was sort of still weren't willing to work with someone like that because I, I thought that it could all work out well but the shit that they ended up having in mind for me wasn't really something that I was that interested in and as it happened there was an opening to be an editor over in the arts and entertainment section and uh, I asked uh, Jeff Light if I could be considered for it, and if if I could, you know, basically, could I transfer over there? And um, you know, talked to the people that were there, and and um, uh, Chris Cantori was actually running, uh, in charge of the department there 
at the time, and he was okay with it. And, and Michael Rocha, who's still on the staff, was really the guy who made everything work there. He's the, um, the editor of, of the arts and entertainment. Uh, he handled all the writers and everything. And, and my job was basically to sort of oversee the print, um, the print product of, of night. We had night and day then and a Friday weekend section. Now they're combined. But we had two different sections then and then the Sunday art section. And I was responsible um, coordinating production and, and editing and um, and that sort of thing. So I never really I never really covered anything. Uh, I, I, I left the writing to, to the experts, um, you know, Carla Peterson and George Varga and uh, Jim Abair. And, and we had a couple we had a movie review. It, we actually did our own movie reviews. Uh, uh, back then with a couple of really good people. Uh, Allison Gang did it for a long time. And then we we used a guy named Anders Wright. And I, I worked with them. And, uh, it was, and and Michael was fantastic. And all all of them were because it was something where it's like, well, what does this guy know about, about anything to do with what we're doing? But uh, they really welcomed, welcomed me and I, and I enjoyed working with them. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't sports and, and in a way it was, it was, in a way it was good yeah, to, Broaden, broaden my horizons a bit. I'd always been interested in in TV and and, and movies and music and everything in theater, uh, but to get into it like that, and I, I learned an awful lot. I mean, reading reading stories that George and 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 Carla and uh, Jim Abair and Jim Shute wrote about classical music. Then, I mean, I those are stories. Sometimes I'd read them. Sometimes I wouldn't. You know, when I was in sports, but. When I had to edit them, I was always, uh, I mean, I, I would edit, so Mike and I used to trade off editing classical music reviews at 1130 on a Friday night. Um, but it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty neat looking back at it and, and learning an awful lot about a different, uh, you know, several different, uh, different topics. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to the Big Shot Sports Editor and how did you end up getting the job back? Uh, the Big Shot Sports Editor didn't, didn't pan out very well. Uh, I ended up coming back to replace him in at the end of February in 2016. Uh, I just came over to my little cubbyhole one day and said that that he was uh, going to make a change in sports and he was going to let uh, he was going to let the two guys that were running the place go and and he wanted to know if I would come back and uh, and run the sports department. So that was the last Friday in February uh in 2016 and um and he he made the announcement and we had a we had a meeting i remember in the auditorium downstairs at the mission valley uh building and and i was sort of welcomed back and most i knew a good chunk of the staff had worked for me from 2012 2010 to 2012 when i was sports editor before or, or i knew them long before that there were a couple of of, of newcomers um uh John Maffey, who I knew from way back when, uh, Jeff Sanders was new. Bryce Miller had just been hired. Uh, there were a couple others that, that have since left, and um, but I, that and that was it. I went back to uh, I went back to sports, and then I did that for I guess what a little over six and a half, almost seven more years. Mm -hmm. I have a few questions for you here submitted by some of our colleagues. One of them is they're all sports questions. Do you think San Diego will ever get a soccer team? Yes, we have one. Yes, for one thing, we have a soccer team, the Wave, uh, which is in the in the National Women's Soccer League, which is the, either the best soccer league, women's soccer league in the world, or the second, probably maybe the second best. Some of the 
English teams are putting a lot of money into it. But uh, the Wave just had their first season and they were a big success moving over to Snapdragon Stadium and they made the playoffs and uh, Alex Morgan uh, was the leading scorer of, of the league. So we do have a team. We have a, a second division team, the Loyal. I don't know what their future is like, but I do think that there will be an MLS team here uh, hopefully in the next two or three years is I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep hoping for that. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me there. I did mean MLS, no, but okay. that was a perfect lead into my second question, which is about women's sports and the coverage of women's sports. You know, how has it changed over the years and is there still improvement to be made? Uh, it's changed quite a bit and there's still quite a bit of improvement that can be made. Um, I was just talking about this uh, yesterday. I, I went to I went to lunch with the, the gentleman who's going to succeed me. Uh, he's going to start in January. And we were talking about that. And and I think, you know, I, I thought it was very important to cover the wave this year. We didn't do quite as much on them as I had hoped. There was a couple staffing issues uh, involved, but I, I, we did a, I think we did a fairly good job on that. Um, women's coverage has changed some. The In San Diego, it's a little bit weird because there's just not a lot of I don't mean this in a bad way, but like really major women's sports. I mean, we don't have a WNBA team. Uh, we just got the women's soccer team. There's the women's college teams, and and we've done some on the uh, on the USD women's volleyball team. But you know, it's a small staff, and and there's priorities and all that sort of thing. So I think more can be done. I I made a I made a concerted effort to get more women's sports coverage into the paper, even if it wasn't all local. Uh, but to get more WNBA coverage in, to get more uh, women's tennis and women's golf uh, coverage in, because I thought it was important to do that. I mean, there was a women's tennis tournament here in October, I believe. It was actually a men's tournament one week, and then a couple weeks later there was a women's tournament, and we did more on the women's tournament than we did on the men's tournament. So I, uh, I made an effort with the high school coverage in the last couple of years to try to get more to make sure we did more on uh, on the girls' sports and and to and to get more features done on them and you know I think we're always going to cover football or I, I think the paper will always cover football. I can catch myself sometimes. The paper will always cover football more. I mean, it's the biggest, the most popular high school sport, but I think there's definitely room for uh, some of the other sports and and one of my regrets is that we we were not able to do more on. Uh, sort of the secondary college sports, uh, you know, not football and basketball, but some of the other sports like women's volleyball, like uh, like softball, um, women's tennis, women's golf. I, I wish we had someone that could do uh, that sort of, keep track of that. We used to have a, a writer who did a column each week on the local college sports and just was never able to find the right uh, mix of staff time and freelancers and stuff to do that. But I, I did mention that to my successor, and I, I hope that's something that uh, that he's able to do. Mm, yeah, me too. Well, final question for you uh, from our coworkers is: I've been instructed to ask you about the crack wings from Tap Room. <laughs> what do you have to say about those? I hear you had them at your retirement party, and that reminded me: what do you think is the the perfect Super Bowl spread? Uh, I, I think wings would definitely be involved. Um, that, that was the first time I'd been to the Tap Room; they were good. Oh, nice. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed those. Um, perfect. Super, you know, it's funny. It's been Super Bowl here at, at my house has been somewhat of a work day. Most of the time 
uh, I was writing a media column for a long time and I always reviewed the broadcast. And then as sports editor, I usually had something to do. Um, there, there has to be, there has to be chips and guacamole, uh, at the, uh, at the outset. Um, some cheese and crackers, always good. Um, you know, chicken wings are, are good. And then my wife always, always made chili on Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, uh, we would always chili and cornbread. So that's my, uh, that's my go-to super. That's my go-to Super Bowl meal is, uh, and, and the great thing is the game here usually ends, at, you know, six 30 or seven, uh, cause it starts earlier out here and, and it's, it's perfect. You can, you can sort of snack during the game and then, uh, and then, uh, dive into the chili, the, ch the chili cooks all day in the crock pot. And, and then you have the chili and the cornbread after the game. So that's my, uh, that, that's my Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Love it. You have perfected it. That sounds amazing. I think it's I think it's perfect. And now the best part is now I on Super Bowl Sunday, I can have the chili and the cornbread and I can have a couple beers to go uh -huh. with it. Uh, because I I don't have to work after uh after I eat, I don't have to rush off and grab the laptop and start uh, and start editing. So that'll be uh, that'll be nice. And and we we might be able to invite a few people, a few more people over as well because uh I I won't have to shoo everybody away. <laughs> to, uh, to start to start working again. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I mean, makes sense. I never thought of that. That you probably haven't celebrated many Super Bowls as as much as you would have liked. Um, well, Jay, I wanted to ask you about being at the newspaper for 34 years. You know, you said your dad would always ask you, "Well, what's next? You know, what's next in your life?" And you you always thought, "Well, nothing's next. You know, this this is it." Uh, why why did you stay? You know, for all those years. Um, you know, I I thought that. The, I, I, well, I'll be honest. I mean, the, the main reason I stayed is because the newspaper is in San Diego and, and I love it here. And, and there's, you know, I did a lot of traveling during my time uh, writing sports and, and I went to a lot of cities in this country and, and a lot of them I really like, but I, I never could imagine myself living anywhere else. Um, you know, certainly 12 months out of the year. I mean, there were places where I'd think, well, it'd be kind of cool to, to be here for a couple of weeks or here for a month or two, but uh, year round, I, I don't think there's any place uh, that can, that can beat here. So that was the main reason. And, and I think that, you know, the paper, I mean, and, and Tiffany, I mean, look, we, I don't think anybody's going to confuse us with the, with Washington post and the New York times and, and the, the greatest papers in the country. But I think for our size uh, and the size of the city and the size of the, Staff, I, I thought that we did good work uh, throughout the years, and I was um, I was proud to be part of it. And and you know, I, I guess the other thing I should have mentioned before that is I really enjoyed what I was doing. I mean, I liked I liked when I was writing. I loved being able to do a variety of of uh, of, of cover a variety of sports. Uh, I got to go to the Olympics. Uh, I got to go to the Final Four. You know, I, I got to go to, I got to go to Super Bowls. I got to go to the Breeders' Cup, the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's a it's a long list of Rose Bowl. It's a long list of great events that I got to that I got to cover, and I I couldn't see myself getting that sort of job too many other places uh, as well. So I, I would say that's sort of all those factors, and uh, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the I enjoyed being the an editor. Uh, I always felt like it was sort of a collaborative effort. I, I didn't I didn't like being referred to as the boss. I, I never liked that. Uh, I like it. we all work together and 
someone was in charge and would have to make a decision, you know, if somebody had to make a final decision, I would, I would do it. Right. But I liked working with the people that we had. And uh, it was, uh, I, I, I never saw any reason, I never saw any reason to leave. So. Mm. What are your plans for retirement? My plans right now are to, are to just take it easy and, 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 and do nothing really. Um, I had, I had someone tell me uh, who had retired at a relatively young age, like I'd like to consider myself at, there. That he said, just take six months and don't do anything. You know, um, relax. You know, hang out, play golf, whatever. So I, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to relax. I, I know, I want to, I want to calm. I want to calm down. I want to have less stress. I want to, I want to go out in the backyard and read without my phone going off. Uh, every three minutes or three seconds, uh, I want to I want to take some nice day trips with my wife and and go to movies and go to the theater and uh, go to sporting events and and uh, sort of explore. I know there's a lot of parts of San Diego that we still, even though we've been here a long time, that we still haven't seen. I want to do that. You know, I know we want to do uh, we want to try to do some traveling uh, outside of San Diego and and then we'll see what happens in a few months or. And and if that's if that's enough, or if I if I decide that you know I need to do a little more, and then I'll I'll look around. I could I could see doing, you know, I, re- I really enjoyed the writing part. I could see maybe getting back into into sports writing. Uh, but it, it, whatever I whatever I do, it would just be on a part time. Uh, my goal anyway is to just be on a part time basis. I I don't uh, I don't want to start a new career. I'm I'm not looking to join you know some other website or or media company or anything like that and work 40 or 60 or 80 hours a week or whatever. So uh, I like the idea of, of being able to sort of do what I want when I want. And if I, and if that means, you know, doing nothing but reading a book or watching a game or something like that, then that's, that's what I hope to do. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Jay, I hope you have a really great next six months doing nothing. And I, I look forward to seeing, you know, what you, what you settle on after that, but Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing your story. And yeah, thanks for the great coverage of San Diego over all of the years. Well, great. Thanks very much, Christy. And I, I hope I'm looking forward to seeing the, the great work continue that, that you do and so many others at the, at the Union Tribune. Thank you.